From the headquarters of Omni Consumer Products, it's the IGN DigiGuys. Please welcome two men who are not coming with you, dead or alive, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Yeah, Corey, Omni Consumer Products. Gosh, that RoboCop remake is going to suck, isn't it? I know. Hey, uh, Corey, who uh, who sent that one in for us? That was from Alexander, not Berlika, Berlika. That was stupid. <laughs> Alexander from Belarus, very, very active on the Facebook page. Get with it, people. If you're not on the Facebook page, you ought to be. It's, really, right. it's, it's, it's a lot of good discussion going on there lately. It's become a... A rather thriving environment. It is, but we need more people contributing. Yes, we do. The more it's, the merrier. Yes, we do. By the yes, way, Wade, uh, uh, what am I holding in my hand? <laughs> what am I holding you're in my hand? You're holding the invite for Battleship. I'm holding the... Now, uh, by the way, you know, you realize that... Um, Which you're not going to. Well, I was... Uh, Universal is the only studio that continues to send out paper invites. Yes, they do. Everybody else does it on email. Yeah. And um, I'm going to do something to uh, show you hmm. the disregard... In which I hold this movie. Yes. There we go. I like it. Now, why did I do that? You you did it because you're not going on Monday. That is correct. Yeah. I am. But you went to Dark Shadows and I did not. I did go to Dark Shadows. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I could not do it, man. You know, I, I've said I this before. Couldn't. I I have no allegiance to the TV show. I've, I do. I've never seen the TV show. Uh, I, I, I love the TV show. To Both me, of them. It's either a good movie or it's not a good movie. And this is not a good movie. It was, you know what? Tim Burton must be stopped. Yeah. You know, it's like we were saying before the show. He he looks at a script and he thinks to himself two things. Uh, what funny makeup will Johnny Depp have to be in in order to make this thing happen? And uh, uh, what production design trickery can I explore, you know, to make it big castles and... Crazy things. It's it's Mark, not about story and character with him anymore. Mark, it's over. Much more importantly, while you were at Jazz Fest. I was in New Orleans. I know. While you were at Jazz Fest. I had a great time. I went to an event. I went to an event, Mark. You know what event I went to? Uh, porn Fest. I went and picked this up. What am I holding in my hands? I don't know, but you, you wouldn't tell me what it was before the show. So what does now it I look like? One, it's a black box. It's a black box. Mark, I'd like for you to... Take that black box. Yes. I want you to open it's that heavy. black box and tell people what's inside the black box. Wait, by the way, here's your water. Oh, thank Wade you. Wade always asks for water before the show. Thank you. Uh, this week it was hidden uh, to behind all these lubricate TVs. my palate. Jowls. It, 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 now, okay, I'm holding. Now this is a black box. It's pretty heavy. Is, is this gonna? Is this like a jack in the box? Or is it gonna spring out at me? Open it. I'm not gonna tell you anything. Exactly. Open it. Open it. <gasps> Look what we won. We won something. This is our indie talent award. Why didn't they give us two of these? Winner, Media Passion Award, IGN DigiGods, Indie Talent Awards 2011. It's a nice big, uh, nice big hunk of glass, right? It really is. It's yeah. a round with sort of a hexagonal base. And that'll apparently the the, uh, the website will fully announce this and update this in uh, in about a week or so. But uh, yeah, the first ever inaugural Indie Talent Awards, we won the Media Passion Award, which is they give out awards for upcoming talent in uh, you know documentaries and foreign films and regular films, but they also have an award for people who are out there plugging away, passionately promoting independent film. The first ever award that they have given, the first ever Indie Passion Award, to us. Now, really, Go figure. Now, huh? 
someone listens. And I, and I have to say this. I had to go up and give a little acceptance speech and the whole thing. I didn't know what I was doing. But um, honestly, truly, to everyone who's listening to this right now, this award is yours as much as ours. You don't actually get to hold it. We do. Actually, I don't get to hold it because they only gave us one, <laughs> so you get to hold it. Well, we'll trade off and on. You know, like if you have a, you have a great date and you want to impress her, uh, you can put it on the mantle and point at it and but say – But it doesn't have my name on it. Yeah, but – It just says I, It I, doesn't I, have my name on it either. It doesn't say Wade and the rest. You have it every odd-numbered month, and I'll have it every even-numbered You got month. it. You, Actually, to be honest, yeah. you can keep it. <laughs> I really don't want it. I mean, if it had my name on it, sure, but otherwise you can it's, it's cool. It's it cool. is cool. No, it's you know, look, it's, it, look, here's the thing. Now, we, now, we owe this to everyone who listens to the show because, frankly, if, if there were no one listening to this show, it would have ended years ago. But because you guys are out there, guys and girls, you, you participate on the Facebook page. You send mostly us, guys. You send us Vox Boxes, which we have. We have Vox Box today, by the yes, way. Yes, we do. Got Voxbox. And you send us emails, and you correct us when we do stupid things, and you keep us honest, and uh, it makes the show better. I mean, it's without the, without the fans, without the listeners, without the audience, we'd be nowhere. So this award is as much yours as everyone else's. We dedicate it to you, and uh, we're going to be posting some pictures of it. We are? Yeah, we are. Where? To, to, to the blog, which hasn't been updated in, like, years. Because we'll post it to the Facebook page. I will post it to the Facebook page as well. Will you really seriously post it to the Facebook page? I totally will. Page? No, you won't. I guarantee I you will not. I seriously will. I will. I'm gonna, I, I want, look, I want you to say right now, within 48 hours of the posting of this podcast, there will be a photograph of that award on the Facebook page. Can you promise that, Wade Major? I don't want to put it up until it's uh, uh, updated on the, on the indie, uh, on, mm-hmm. the, on the actual award site itself. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming. Now we see. <laughs> you, you, I don't you, want to jump award. the gun. I don't want to jump the gun. No, you don't, want to, you don't want to take a picture and post it to Facebook. You know, um, we have to talk about this. We've talked about the Superhero Squad show in the past. This is volume three of season two, uh, the Superhero Squad show, the Infinity Gauntlet. This is really just lackluster Avengers cartoon juvenile poo. It's really not very good. But um, the Superhero Squad show is significant in a very strange way because the Avengers just opened with 200 and what, 7 or 8 million? Unbelievable. By the way, I, uh, oh. you were way off. T- <laughs> you're, you're like, what if it's 90 million? It was, I, I did. You know what? I, I, as I said to somebody who emailed us to call me out on it, it, it really it was wishful thinking. I mean, I was I was I was predicting 170 and I thought I was certainly on the low end of expectations. You know, I thought it would probably go as high as about 180, but I didn't see 200 coming. I really didn't. So, so much nobody for su- saw 200 coming. It's so much impossible. for superhero fatigue. But what's interesting is uh, that 25, no, what is it? Is it 25? Anyway, a signif- most of the audience for the Avengers is over Wait 25. Wait a second, Wade. What? You realize that the dictator is screening tomorrow at the Chinese. Well, too late for that. I'm on the Facebook page right now checking out uh, what's happening on the DigiGuys page, and I check my mail, my Facebook mail. And uh, tomorrow, seven thirty, the Chinese. You know what? I'm going to email uh, Carl from Paramount. And I'm going to see what's going on. Okay, you do that. Um, yeah, we do right now. Anyway, the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Superhero Squad show. You know, the, here I'm not going to say anything about this other than the fact that that if you're a real Marvel nerd, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Can you hear me type? Can you hear me type? Yes, I can. I'm, I'm if, typing. We, we I'm got a lot of stuff to cover. We got, really we got to don't, don't talk about that crap. No okay, well, I'm saying this just because the Infinity Gauntlet itself in Marvel lore 
connects to something teasery in the Avengers. Oh my god! I'm just saying that. By the way, the the way the Avengers ends. Do you know what that whole thing? I don't think boats? that's Galactus. I it's think not. That's somebody else. It is. It's like Steve or someone. Steve the alien. It, it, it is. It's, it's Steve it's, the it's, alien. It, it, but it's but, not Galactus. But it connects to Galactus. It's a dude that I'd never even heard of before. I had to nerd out, and I and I realized, oh, it's Infinity Gauntlet, the, the thing with you the, know, the, 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 the... The more I think about the Avengers, uh, I have to say that I do appreciate the fact that he that Joss Whedon, who I'm not a fan of, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm neutral on him, uh, even though his deficiencies as a writer do crop up often in the film. Yes. I have to say that considering the amount of pressure on him to deliver something... Yep. I have to say that he delivered. He really did. He did deliver. He did, but he did, did. He didn't. He didn't blow it out of the park. No, he, he it, it was fine. It was adequate. It was what it needed to be at a bare minimum. Uh, also, real quickly, as long as we're talking about animation, happiness is peanuts. Line uh, now comes out with an all new collection of Team Snoopy. Um, I, I'm you know it's fine. I prefer the the, the classic stuff that they're uh, releasing on Blu-ray, but uh, this is all right. Um, Lucy must be traded. Charlie Brown and uh, the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. Uh, none of this is great peanut stuff, but it's you know completists will want to throw this into the shelf with everything else and keep their kids, you know, occupied watching the things that they watched when they were kids. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all right, Mark. Um, why don't are you done typing? No, I'm. I'm saying uh, my fellow Lafkin members tell me there's a dictator screening tomorrow at seven thirty at the Chinese. Can I RSVP for that? Okay. Or should I say, can I RSVP, or can I just say, I want to RSVP for that? Uh, do you ask, or do you just say, I want to RSVP? I don't know. You do. You write these emails all the time. I don't know. I, 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 just, I, I just wing it. Okay. Um, you know, why don't, why don't you hook up some TV while I blow through this list of PBS documentaries that are going to be so, so incredibly interesting to our listeners? Are you done typing? Yet? No, I'm. I am typing. I'm My seriously goodness. typing Paramount you, right now. N- not going to do this on your own free time. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm going to do it right now during the oh, show fine. because Very I'm good. angry. Because you know what? I when you walked in the door, yeah. What did I say to you? Uh, did Did you get a dictator screening yet? And what'd you say? No. And I just went on Facebook, and it turns out there's one tomorrow. Nuclear aftershocks. Has the world turned its back on nuclear energy? This is a front line, um, obviously mostly uh, uh, centering around the uh, Japanese tsunami. And the aftermath, uh, Frontline is always really, really sharp, and Miles O'Brien does a very, very good good job of kind of trying to draw a, a circle around it. It's uh, not as uh, comprehensive as I thought it probably should be, but not bad. Uh, Monster Python, this is from PBS's Inside Nature's Giants. I think pythons are absolutely disgusting, and uh, this, is, this has done nothing to dissuade me of that opinion. Uh, this is all kind of done from the uh, Florida Everglades and I just snakes they're just nasty I'm sure somebody out there will thoroughly enjoy it but I I found it kind of gross Um, this was awesome this is an episode of Nova it's called Mystery of a Masterpiece the Forensics of Fine Art I just realized do I have what am I doing tomorrow I'm going to check my iPhone I can't do I have plans tomorrow I think you do no I don't Sure you do. You've got uh, you got a date with. Uh, I had a date tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> um. Anyway, no. This is uh, this is uh, really really fascinating. This is this goes back to uh, two thousand and nine, where there was a Renaissance portrait, um, that uh, was believed to actually be a Leonardo da Vinci work, and this is all about the high tech imaging and uh, kind of forensic work that they do 
to confirm whether or not something is actually legitimate and who did it. And it's it's really amazing. Like we could ten years ago, this would not have been possible. That it's it's really fascinating. Makes you wonder how you get into that work. I might want to do that. Uh, Secrets of the Manor House. Uh, this is milder stuff. Inside British country homes in the early 1900s. Uh, very merchant ivory. Very, uh, I guess in this day and age we could say uh, very, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what? Downton Abbey. Um, I, I, I'm not on the Downton Abbey train. Yeah, it's very, very, very Downton Abbey. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I wouldn't want to live in any of these things. It's all very Edwardian and uh, whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's nice art direction and set direction and whatnot. Um, Mark, you said something to me just before the show, which was utterly bizarre. It was the strangest non sequitur ever. I did? Yes, you did. Do you, do you remember what you said? No. That's what you said. Oh, sperm whale. And then you said, what are, what are, you, what are you talking about sperm whale? Yeah. And then... Why did you say that? Because we have a DVD called Sperm Whale. Oh, so you just read the, the DVD. Indeed, I did. Okay, well, this is from Inside Nature's Giants as well. Uh, much more palatable than the, uh, the, the disgusting Python show. Um, it's a little bit twisted. You know, you get into the anatomical dissection of these things as well. But I like sperm whales because uh, Moby Dick was a sperm whale. Or rather, an artificial sperm whale. Anyway, um, you ever had a problem with the fact that they're called sperm whale? I don't know why. They, why are they called sperm whales anyway? Well, you kind of find that out here, actually. Um, you know, these things are amazing. They really are. They're, they're just uh, different in the world of whales, not just because they look different from other whales, but they have capabilities that are just dazzling and extraordinary and uh, how deep they can go, and it's really pretty amazing. So that, I thought, was interesting. We talked some weeks ago about some of these, these Lydia uh, shows. Lydia is kind of like the Russian Martha Stewart um, and I'm making Martha Stewart cookies over the weekend. Oh, that's lovely. I Can want we, you to know that. You know, she used to be a model, Martha Stewart. She was like a Vogue model or something once upon a time. And then she reinvented herself as like a domestic diva. Uh, this is called Lydia Celebrates America. Uh, weddings, something borrowed, something new. And um, it, these things are, you know, it's it, whoop-de-doo. It's, it's all very cross-cultural, Martha Stewart-ish light. And uh, I'm more interested in the food than anything else, to be honest. But uh, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I'm not looking to get uh, married anytime soon because I'm already married. Um, the uh, This is a Blu-ray called America Revealed. And uh, this is a little bit too broad and too far-reaching, but still pretty interesting. It's a, in a, an introduction into how we maintain the society. And uh, that's partly why it's so broad. It's not just about, you know, power and energy. It's about sort of why the society keeps on ticking, you know, the, the artery, the, the, the biology of a modern-day industrial society. Huge subject. It uh, doesn't really need to be on Blu-ray. I'm not quite sure why they chose to make this one one of their Blu-rays because PBS is very selective about their Blu-rays. But it's, it, it's interesting. It's just, it, it almost feels like it should be a Ken Burns doc on some level. Uh, this is for you, Mark. Easy yoga for easing pain with Peggy Cappy. This is yoga for the rest of us. You know, when I was in... Because uh, you're inflexible. When I was, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, physically and mentally. When yeah. I was in uh, New Orleans, I mm. did something I had never done before. What did you do? I got a foot massage. See, I didn't want to get a foot massage because, speaking of yoga, I didn't want to get a foot massage because I didn't want strange Korean women touching my feet. It's like it's disgusting. And I just, I can't imagine that, that they enjoy their lot in life, which is to touch, touch strange people's sweaty feet. It really, the whole, just the thought of it is disgusting. 
but I wound up having one because in New Orleans, you walk around all day and your feet hurt. And my buddy went and got one, so I had no choice. Okay. Have you, have you ever gotten a foot massage? I have. I, you've they gotten, rule. I bet you've gotten pedicures, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. They rule. Right. They really are awesome. They're just amazing. It, 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 it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, was, it hurt a lot. Now, if, if it hurts, if it hurts, I kept making these uh, little uh, these grimaces. And I'm wondering if it hurts because I'm not used to having a foot massage or because it's triggering a foot massaging vortex why? of something that what which leads me to say speaking of feet why do all of these horrible horrible Siamese twin connected at the head thing happen in the third world is it like toxins that they have pollution what's going on I, I'm sure there is something in whatever they eat whatever they drink whatever <sighs> they breathe in well that triggers uh, abnormalities well anyway PBS is separating twins an episode of Nova you like how I transitioned from your feet to connected at the head I was kind of wondering why you asked that yeah actually. that's why uh, this is the story of two girls uh, in, from Bangladesh who were connected at the head and this is all about the amazing medical effort to uh, save their lives and it took years man uh, but they're gorgeous little girls they're just adorable and I'm thrilled that they're alive and this is a modern medical miracle um, kind of nasty at times. It's not the easiest thing to watch, but it is very humanistic in the end, and you're glad you watched. But I'm just warning people, you know. Uh, American Experience, Jesse Owens. This is great. People today forget what an amazing guy Jesse Owens was when he was just 22 years old at the uh, Berlin Olympics before Hitler, when he just he just unleashed on the world. And uh, it, you know, it was a triumph for America. It was a triumph for the free world. It was a triumph for black Americans. It was really an amazing moment. And uh, this is not terribly in-depth. It's only about an hour long, but it's a, it's a great episode of The American Experience and certainly suggests a bigger, more comprehensive documentary that could also be made. Nonetheless, uh, really terrifically well done, as all The American Experience uh, shows are. And then, uh, this is great, America Goes to War, World War II. Um, not that we need more World War II documentaries, frankly, but this two-disc set is, uh, is a nice, thorough, professional overview for people who don't necessarily want to go and look at the more comprehensive sets, which will usually put you through 18 hours of newsreel footage. This, of course, has a lot of newsreel footage and a lot of, like, a really good soundtrack, too. But uh, very nicely done, very thorough, and uh, you can get it out of the way in a mere six hours. Done and done. Actually, it's like, probably like more like five hours. I didn't watch the whole thing, I'll be honest. Uh, Wade, uh, there's a couple of Blu-rays uh, that are going to be available soon for pre-order. I want people to check them out. Okay. You ready? No, because I got, I got a few more of these to go. Real quickly, The Amish, another one on the American experience. I know people aren't really, really thrilled about The Amish all the time, but you know what? It's a very interesting culture, worth checking out, uh, especially if you are fond of the Peter Weir film, uh, Witness, remember? And the Family film. Guy episode where they go to Amish country. Oh, heavens. An episode of Nature, Fortress of the Bears. Uh, we've had bears around Southern Got California bears. lately, and they've been roaming neighborhoods and eating trash and doing all kinds of fun things. Um, that's not what this is about. This is about uh, Admiralty Island in Alaska where there are, like, so many brown bears, it's almost like fleas. And there are more brown bears than there are fleas. The fleas are dying. And the brown bears are thriving. No, I don't know what that means. Uh, anyway, this, was, uh, this is lovely if you like bears. And then uh, Secrets of the Sun, another episode of Nova that tells you all about solar flares and 
how dangerous and helpful and critical and fascinating that great big glowing orb in the sky is. And then lastly, on, on Blu-ray and on DVD, is Raccoon Nation. I have a, this is a, an installment of Nature, and uh, it's great on Blu-ray. I love raccoons. I grew up with raccoons. Uh, I, I, I just have a great affection for raccoons, and I can't get enough of them. So I, that's, my, that's my PBS pick of the week, Raccoon Nation. You know what? I remember, I remember a mama raccoon used to come around the house. She had this. She'd been through hell. She this must is have, a true story, by the way. It's a true story. Okay. She she must have she must have fought with a coyote or a pack of coyotes. She had she was missing like three or four teeth. Had like this hillbilly look with you know the, like one fang and the other fang was missing. Um, she had one eye. She, her one ear was all chewed up. Her tail had been bitten off, and she was missing a paw. She only had three paws. Like you could tell that she escaped Armageddon for raccoons, and she came with. Uh, a brood of like five young, clearly, clearly, raccoon men judge their women by the content of their character, not their appearance. And I and I realized in the raccoon world, you know, that some guy raccoon had knocked this just just hideously deformed thing up because they look for inner beauty in the raccoon world, and that's why I love Raccoon Nation. You know, when raccoons date online, it's a whole different experience than when humans date online. Very true. We know that. Yeah. Uh, wait, I, I have uh, uh, good news and bad news. Okay, hit us up with the good news. Uh, the good news is that uh, Grand Illusion is coming out on Blu-ray. You know what? It's actually being released uh, next week theatrically as well. That is true. Mm-hmm. But the, that's this, the good news. This brand new restored version, which is a... a di- I've been communicating with Rialto on this, actually. This is a, a pristine 4K restoration. Whoa! I just got an email back from Paramount. And? Sure thing. I'll put you on the list. There you go. The, why don't you email Paramount? Okay. And then I'm going to email thanks a lot. So we should talk about some TV right now. Let's talk about some TV. Rock, rock the TV. Uh, it's funny you'd say rock the TV because what am I talking about, Wade? Oh, Third Rock. You were being clever. You didn't even know it. Oh. Uh, Third Rock, seasons three and four, now on DVD, of course, not Blu-ray. Uh, this show went on for a couple more years than it really should have. However, it did get John Lithgow work consistently. We all love that. And it also introduced the world to uh, little Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who it turns out ha- is uh, developing a pretty terrific little uh, Quite a movie. career. Yeah, you know what? I, I, you know what? I love that stuff. I love it when you get a guy who does small films. Yeah. He does the right small films. Totally. And he does big films, and he does the right big films. He's Scorching. doing good movies. Scorching. So I have to say that uh, Third Rock, never really a uh, fan of it. Plus, I think, uh, uh, who's, who's, who, who's the big ogre-looking woman who's on it? I forgot her name. Um, Kristen Johnston That's Very it. strange looking woman Anyway <laughs> uh, Felicity season two This is where J.J. Abrams Of course uh, Cut his teeth on In TV And this is uh, Felicity season two Not a big fan of the show It's really more A female uh, skewing thing So uh, I uh, suggest you pass uh, Roseanne The complete third and fourth season Of the classic sitcom Roseanne of course Has another sitcom now, these, that are all, is being these have piloted. all been out before These are all these Mill Creek re-releases yes, We should point out That yeah. is true uh, Roseanne uh, Currently has another sitcom A brand new sitcom That is being piloted And it is hopefully A return to form for her We'll see if the pilot Gets picked up Actually somebody I know a friend of a friend Got cast in it And oh by the way a Felicity season one Is also available uh, On uh, DVD uh, Now the season one DVD includes the pilot Which is always Kind of interesting uh, What do we else we got uh, That 70s show A show I thoroughly hated Because it uh, It starred uh, Two of the most annoying People in the world Aston Kutcher And Topher Grace So I did not watch One episode of this Crappy show And you know what I'm very glad that uh, 
Will Wilma Valderrama, Wilma Flintstone, whatever her name is, his <laughs> name is, its name is. I think he's disappeared. Uh, yeah. And by the way, you know this guy, the other guy. Who was the other guy in this horrible show? Um, Danny Masterson is in a show. Yeah. Uh, on TBS called Men at Work. I'm pretty oh, sure it's Danny Masterson. Yeah, and I've yeah, seen the is. promos. Have you seen the promos for that? Yeah, they look they look. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, honestly, it's like you're watching it and you're like, that's the funniest stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff. That that will entice people to mm-hmm. watch your. I mean, it is the and I'm I'm not a big sitcom fan anyway, so uh, th- this is a beyond the pale. Yeah, how bad these promos are. I mean, I, you've got to be kidding me. You remember I mean, Small Wonder? That was oh, good. Oh, right? I used to love Small Wonder with the girl. <laughs> oh, it was Small Wonder. You should Google Small Wonder. It was one of the worst sitcoms ever made. It was a, it was it's like a kind of an independent show. It was about a, a, a family and they have a, a daughter, but the daughter's a robot. And she had like this little this little panel. This had this she had like a panel to, on her chest. I used to watch that and I used to think, really? Like there are people making twenty grand a week for writing this stuff. They're not making why can't grand. Why they can't are not I get making this job? Twenty grand a week. Five grand, even stuff. five, whatever, ten, ten bucks. It's still a good gig. Uh, it's a TV small show. one. It was on from eighty-five to eighty-nine. Terrible, dreadful. Uh, anyway, so uh, lastly, uh, um, TV-wise, third season, volume one of a show I'm going to guess Wade loved, which is Vegas. Love it. I, you know, I did kind of love like, this I show. Dantana, like you kidding me? I, I Best did, show I ever. I, I, I did kind of like Vegas. I it really was good because they actually what? shot it in Vegas. They shot it in Vegas, and he drove a, a, a fifty-seven Ford Thunderbird and drove it into his living room. That was the best. That was the best. That was great. I mean, the shows in the seventies were so good. Robert Urich, man, he just opened the garage, opens, he drives it in. There's his office. There's his house, awesome. wide open. No separation between the garage and the rest of the house. Beautiful. Oh, that was the best. Fantastic. Anyway, Vegas, uh, uh, season three, volume one. Go for it. Uh, we got a couple of two season releases from ABC here. These are all uh, a- a- ABC Studios, both of them. I don't know really why Dirty Sexy Money didn't just go. Bananas. It was a good show. Donald Sutherland was great on it. He, of course, is uh, back again in uh, The Hunger Games in his usual uh, fabulous self. But uh, Dirty Sexy Money was a really, really good show with a great cast, and it only lasted two seasons. And they are both out now on uh, DVD. And, uh, you know, th- this, is, this was almost like a dirtier, nastier version of Dynasty in Dallas. It just... Uh, it was dirtier, sexier, and moneyer. Yes, it was. It sure was. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well-written. I thought it was a terrific cast. I thought it really... Uh, it was different, you know? And I, I, for whatever reason, people just didn't, uh, didn't respond to it, which was strange. But anyway, you can at least two, get two seasons of it. And then we also have uh, two seasons of Samantha Who, which also only lasted two seasons. That's why they're releasing them both. And uh, Christina Applegate is always just uh, really, really lovely. The, the, the thing here, you know, she's, of course, on this new show, Up All Night, with, uh, with Will Arnett, uh, who, of course, is married to Amy Poehler. But um, this was a decent show. I just think the amnesia angle uh, didn't quite click with people. Amnesia is always kind of a tough thing to, to pull off on television, not just as an actor, but for an audience to care about somebody who, who has forgotten who they are and and where they came from and you know it's the whole reinvent your life thing i i think it's a little hard to wrap yourselves around that kind of a character sometimes but nonetheless uh it's a perfectly enjoyable show comes with a a decent set of uh special features bloopers and deleted scenes nothing uh nothing earth-shaking but both of these shows definitely at least worth your uh worth your while i would say in a rental more so dirty sexy money that's the the really killer show it was such a good show that's the rizzle is that the Rizzle? That's the Rizzle. And Wait, the, I didn't get a chance to tell everybody what's coming out on uh, Blu-ray. 
Well, now I'm not going to. Now you're not going to because I got uh, mm-hmm. just a, a few more shows to, to knock out. Uh, Chuck, which is, of course, uh, back on the air. Is, it, is Chuck back on the air? Or is uh, it, it's it, off. Yeah, it, it just finished its run. It just finished its run completely. Done. Done. Okay. Well, this is, this is uh, the, complete, the complete fi- – yes, this Don't is the buy. complete fifth season. Then I guess this is the last season of that Chuck thing on just Blu-ray. Kept, that thing just kept going. It was a little show that could. It never did gangbusters, but – it had a pretty rabid little following in the demo that the network wanted to well, see. Well, then this this would be the the final season, then I guess uh, Chuck fifth season. Um, I never watched the show religiously. I've only watched some of this stuff uh, intermittently on on Blu-ray and DVD. And uh, quality of the Blu-ray is perfectly fine. Nothing uh, amazing. A uh, little bit of you know artifacting here and there, but uh, you know it's it's decent. Um, Lots of special features, tons and tons and tons of special features here, uh, commercials and featurettes and uh, commentaries and more than I think anybody really, really cares about. But, uh, you know, hey, it's Blu-ray. That means something. Um, got a great thing here, The Big C, the complete second season. This is a terrific show on Showtime with Laura Linney. It is starting a new season on Sunday nights, and uh, Laura Linney is a great actress. I'd prefer to see her in features, but I'm thrilled that she's got a great TV show going and that it's a hit. This is, of course, yes, it's about cancer, but uh, it, it's it's just a, a tremendous show, and it has a great cast, and uh, Hugh Dancy's great on it, and Alan Alda's great on it, and uh, bravo. I'm glad that Showtime and HBO just keep kind of setting the bar higher and higher for television. Fantasy Island, the complete second season. I love Fantasy Island. And uh, this is, you know what, this is just really, really, really great nostalgia. This is uh, 25 episodes. And uh, Hervé Villachez, I miss that little guy so much, man. I, I miss him so much. He was what, so funny. What was he really going to do? Like, how, if, if, what kind of TV career would Herve Villachez really have if he lived to, to be in, in his 60s? You know who's on? What would he do? I don't know. There's no more Love Boats or no. Fantasy Island sort of shows for him? Honestly, check out some of the, uh, the guest stars from this season. This is the complete second season of Fantasy Island. Michelle Pfeiffer shows up on here. Wow. Mamie Van Doren. Don Knotts. What? Janet Leigh. What? Tony Tennille. What? Roddy McDowell. John Aston, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, right? Sonny Bono, who of course was on a million episodes of Fantasy Island and Love Boat. Love Remember Boat. that episode, Love Boat, where he falls in love with the uh, with the deaf girl with a boat and has to learn how to do sign language. That was so touching. <laughs> that was that was the best. That was great. That was terrible. Uh, you know what? If, 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 if we really watch one, an episode of Love Boat right now, this moment, oh, I'd be so happy. We'd laugh, but we know it was terrible television. And uh, then there's this compilation DVD called Love is on the Air, which has a, seven, a single episode, seven single episodes from uh, shows that really just have no business being on one DVD together. Patty Duke Show, Father Knows Best, That Girl, Leave it to Beaver, Ozzie and Harriet, Why would you Hazel, Pat, Dennis the Menace. It's just, you know what, just, just to kind of get a, get a dose of 50s, 60s television kitsch, I guess. If I, that's I any more than five ninety nine, it's too expensive. Can I tell you what's coming out on DVD? It's very Go exciting. Ahead. I'm blowing it. Very exciting. You, rock it. You, I, I was able to give you my good news that Grand Delusion is coming out on Blu-ray, but I was not able to give you my bad news. Uh-oh. It is not being released by Criterion. Now, as you know, Criterion, the Criterion DVD of Grand Delusion is spine number one, the very first Criterion release. But this one is being released by uh, Lionsgate. Not that... Uh, or. Um, well, it's the Studio Canal Collection. By, uh, yeah, yeah, by Lionsgate. This yeah. is the Studio Canal Collection. So Lionsgate will distribute the Studio Canal Blu-ray of Grand Illusion. So 
it's exciting. Comes out on July thirty first. Lovely. I don't. I, I guess that means that Criterion shut out of that. Well, I mean, this has happened Ooh. to other 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 that that arrangement didn't work out so well for a number of Criterion titles. Um, it's always possible to be renewed, but this is a we should point out. And I haven't seen the film yet. It is, but it's a new four K transfer that reportedly really just dwarfs the previous transfer. So we'll see. It gets uh, theatrically released next week. By the way, speaking of um, speaking of July thirty first, uh, Blu Ray Total Recall, also from Lionsgate. Nice. Very nice. Also, Very nice. this is what you have to pre-order. You got to go right now onto Amazon.org, whatever it's called. Yeah. And you need to pre-order Cinderella, which is now available for pre-ordering on Blu-ray. Come yep. on, Cinderella. Cinderella, totally. Yep. Uh, also recently announced as available for pre-order, which I recommend. Wade may not recommend. That's what I recommend. Uh, Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity. Oh, yes. Yeah, Gross Point Blank, High Fidelity. And... Um, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, I'm going to mention just two quick uh, titles, and then we're going to go into our Vox box. Then we'll uh, wrap up with whatever else we can jam in before the end of the show. Uh, but uh, we didn't get to talk about this when it was released previously, but The Man from Snowy River is now on Blu-ray, uh, courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is a perfectly middling 20th Century Fox Blu-ray release, which is to say it's not going to wow you. It's uh, It's a little pale. It's a little... Dusty, uh, more dusty than just the dust in it. This is, of course, a great, uh, you know, Australian western directed by the other George Miller. Must really suck to be the the other George Miller. No, 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 not the guy that does the Mad Max films. The other one. You realize the guy that did the Aviator. The the the, the Mad Max, uh, the new Mad Max film. It's it's happening. It's on. I know. With Tom Hardy. I know. I love Tom Hardy. We love Tom Hardy. That's awesome. Totally. Now, did you why think? Wouldn't you... They, why wouldn't they let Mel Gibson be in that one? I mean, it's not you know, it's not like people don't love him. I don't know whether they're going to... I mean, I'm not sure whether he would... Exactly. We all love he's, he's, too, he's too old and crazy. Well, I... Honestly, I was, people, I was, no. Well, I was curious happen. if they would have him on and then either kill him off nah, or... Nah, something like, no, no, nah, no. Nah. He blew his chance. He was attached to it years ago and then he blew his chance and then he went crazy and now he has temper tantrums and, and on, on people's kids' recordings and iPods. It's, it's madness. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that's out there. Man from Snowy River. It's finally on Blu-ray, but it, it should be a better Blu-ray, but unfortunately this is all there is. And then we, for horror fans, there is 11-11-11, The Prophecy. Uh, this is uh, from the director of Saw 2, 3, and 4. And um, you know what? I, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, I, I'd like to like this more, but it, it's, well, you know, sometimes they just come up with stuff that, just for the sake of making a horror film, they just come up with stuff that just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And uh, the, the attempt at finding some kind of meaning to the number 11, just because it looks good on a box title, it just seems like a strange mythical stretch to me. But nonetheless, you know, it's better than most of this straight-to-video horror stuff. And uh, even though they really, really uh, make an effort at stretching it out, you know what? If if you're looking for cheap horror and you don't want to hit the bottom of the barrel, um, 11, 11, 11, the prophecy. Might as well. It's, you know, nothing unique. All right, Mark, Vox box it? Wait a second. You can't Vox box it until I sing the song. Oh. You ready? I'm ready. <gasps> Hey Mark and Wade, Chris from Albany, New York here. Now I only started getting into film maybe three or four years ago, and I started out mostly watching films that are off the beaten path, especially foreign and indie films. So as a result, while I've seen a ton of great films, I also feel like I've missed out on a lot of important classics that I probably should have seen by now. 
Case in point, I only saw Casablanca a few weeks ago, and I'm still trying to find time to watch the Godfather trilogy that's sitting on my shelf. And as a corollary, the more I listen to podcasts like yours, and the more films I watch, especially those that are either classics in their own right, or ones like Hugo, or the artists that pay homage to said classics, the more I find I want to learn about film history. So that finally brings me to my question. What resources, books, websites, podcasts, whatever, do you recommend for someone like me? Resources that would perhaps give a good overview of film history, as well as a list of important films. Essential viewing, if you would, for any self-respecting film fan. Oh yeah, and if these resources are cheap or free, all the better. Looking forward to your response. Thanks. Absolutely great question from uh, Chris Tsai. Thank you, Chris, uh, for a very sincere and uh, and a good question. You know, it's funny because with the Internet, there's the resources are so much richer and deeper than they were like when we were in school, uh, when we only had books and there was no such thing as the Internet. But we had microfiche. But we had microfiche. <laughs> Yeah, microfiche that, that had, uh, you know, issues of the New York Times from 1892. That was, that was helpful. Oh, I love that stuff. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good question. And I'd have to say the best stuff is really still on books. I mean, it, it, just about anything you get individually on films on uh, Criterion Collection uh, DVDs is going to be great. Because Criterion always contextualizes their films. You'll get radio broadcasts and featurettes and old uh, commercials and commentaries and essays and things that sort of put the films in their proper place. And uh, the one thing that I used to always, when, when I uh, taught film history, uh, oh so briefly, uh, I, I, I emphasize that every film, to read a film, you have to understand that it has not only uh, text and subtext, but context. You have to understand where it fits historically. So I would start by saying go to filmsite.org, uh, F-I-L-M-S-I-T-E.org. Um, it's, it's one of the better attempts at doing kind of a comprehensive uh, site, but um, don't necessarily take that as sort of the end-all, be-all. I would say still books are going to be – some great books are going to be your best resource. Um, I'm you know, gonna. I'll tell you. I, I'll I'll kick it off. I will recommend kick it a off. book. Recommend a book. Because the thing is with movies, there's two things to consider when you're learning about film: what movies are good and why they're good. What made them good? Yeah. And in order to figure out what makes a film good, you got to learn about what goes into a good movie. Sure. What What is good editing? Sure. What is good directing? I love the Alexander McKendrick book uh, on filmmaking. Alexander McKendrick, it, that of course, is a, directed, a uh, directed yeah. uh, Sweet Smell of Success, yeah. and he taught for many years. I have that book, and I think it's terrific. That's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Uh, I have two that are on filmmaking. Uh, Sidney Lumet's book is great. Yeah, Making Movies. Making I have that movies, too. Absolutely terrific. Yep. And another one that's one of my favorites is uh, from the Indian director uh, Satyajit Ray, which is Our Films of Their Films. Uh, basically his memoirs and his studies and essays and analyses of films, Western and Indian. It's, that one's out of print. You may have a hard time getting that. Uh, you could probably find it at a library somewhere, Our Films, Their Films by, by Ray, R-A-Y. Um, you know, The Power of Film by an old professor of mine, Howard Suber, is a great book on just his, his essays. And Suber has such a great way of looking at film. From a standpoint of film history, uh, you know, the one that I used as a textbook when I taught, which is still really good, is A History of Narrative Film by David A. Cook. Uh, that's uh, a little bit outdated now. I think the more recent one is Film History. Film History is a good one. By Kristen Thompson and David Bordwell. That's also really, really, really good. Now, David Bordwell has his own blog. Yes. And if you really want to read, really get into the weeds yeah. in terms of film, yep. you should read, as they call him, The Good Dr. Bordwell. Yep. 
And I, lastly, I was you know one that uh, David Bordwell and Kristen Thompson also wrote, which is, was a textbook of mine when I was in, in school, which is is regularly updated as well. Is film art an introduction? So uh, any of those are are just going to open your world in wonderful and beautiful ways. But of course, at the end of the day, you know you got to watch the movies, and uh, they've never been more readily available than they are now. You know what's funny when you when you think of the movies that are considered when when you go to the AFI website, yeah. and you read the movies that they considered. You know the top couple hundred. The sad part is, in the uh, in the top, I think hundred or like the top seventy-five, only two were made in the nineties. Yeah, that's everything sad. else: the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. It's true. And you know that's Silence of the Lambs and Schindler's List. Those are the only two from the nineties that made the list. Everything else, sad. including number one, which is Citizen Kane, yep. uh, is, is the forties. Sad, and it's just really sad because you know what? There, literally, there will there will not be a movie uh, from the two thousands. No, in any list of the best films of and, all time, and does it's not, impossible. Well, you know, I mean, it, there there are some that I truly love, but I don't know that they're going to make that list. Yeah, you know, it, that's just not how the. I mean, system the works artist anymore. and Slumdog. I mean, there's some good ones, but yeah, but that, but the, I don't know that that's one of the top yeah. hundred films ever made. It's just not how the system works anymore. Uh, going to get into some new movies now. We were not sent the Blu-ray for the girl with the dragon tattoo. The uh, the new one, uh, they they ran out, and we we obviously were not on the priority list. Boohoo! But uh, they did finally send us the DVD, and uh, it's it's good. I I can't imagine what the Blu-ray looks like necessarily, but it it if the if it, the DVD is any indication, the Blu-ray must be spectacular. Um, they have this uh, eco packaging, which always drives me a little bit crazy with major releases. It's like uh, Okay, I get it. You're trying to set an example, but really, it's not going to make that much difference. Uh, but Sony did a very, very good job uh, with the transfer and uh, threw on a whole lot of very, very cool extras. The menus are really cool. Uh, Fincher's commentary is is better than the movie, frankly. Uh, I, I still think this is a, a completely unnecessary remake, but uh, very, very nicely put together, very nicely mastered. And... Uh, on Blu-ray, what I can talk about on Blu-ray, the Blu-ray DVD combo of Joyful Noise, which features the inexplicable and totally bizarre combo of Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton. This is uh, one of those Queen Latifah-produced vanity projects, and it feels like all of them, where she is, you know, she's taken charge, and it's all about choir competitions and... Uh, Queen Latifah gets the call to be the new choir leader over Dolly Parton, who is the uh, essentially the benefactor of the church, who uh, felt that it should have been her call, but uh, it isn't anyway. And you got the little subplots, you know, the daughter and the son and the different races, and they fall in love, and it's the, do they is it really going to work out? And you know, he's a little bit rough edged, and she's got a future, and we got to go win this uh, this choir competition, and it just really feels manufactured. It's hard as in the right place, but the movie, just darn it all, it, it really, it's tedious. So someone's going to love this. Someone's going to feel like this shaggy dog needs a home, but uh, I'm not one of them. Kiki Palmer, though, I like her. You know, remember from Aquila and the Bee? She's, the, she's Latifah's. She, she played the Bee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Vow is out on Blu-ray, and uh, The Vow is with Rachel McAdams and Channing Tatum. This uh, has sort of the look and feel of a Nicholas Sparks kind of a movie. Uh, in the film, uh, uh, what's your name, uh, Rachel McAdams uh, is married to Channing Tatum. She gets into a, an accident, falls into a coma, 
And she wakes up with the last five years of her memories totally gone, and now they have to refall in love because Channing Tatum's now married to a stranger. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, just a soppy, hapless, lame little date movie that girls might fall for. Uh, frankly, I didn't care about anybody in it. I didn't, I wanted to, I, I didn't care about any of the characters. It seemed like Wade was saying about Joyful Noise. Very manufactured. It's funny how they say based on true events. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of this movie at all. does have deleted scenes, a gag reel, director's commentary, three featurettes. So it's not a bad Blu-ray, but the film itself is just really for the, just for, you know, it's for people who cry at uh, TV commercials. Um, <laughs> a couple years ago, Gary Marshall uh, kind of resurrected himself a little bit with um, uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Sort of an omnibus film where a whole bunch of celebrities showed up for three days of work. And they put it all together and made a movie. <laughs> now we have New Year's Eve. Uh, all the same people. With uh, Gary Marshall again. And it is just as bad as the other one. Actually, this is, I think, worse. Although it has an all-star cast. Uh, the horrible Aston Kutcher. Uh, Leah Michelle, Halle Berry. Um, Hilary Swank. And, of course, for some reason, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And it all takes place on New Year's Eve, and it's all very ridiculous, and it is all not recommended to be viewed on New Year's Eve or any other Eve. I, I'm going to dispense with this next one very, very quickly. I just want to say Tim and Eric's billion-dollar movie is an abortion that never, ever should have been made. I don't know why these guys are considered funny. They are horrible in, in, in a feature film, and despite the fact that everyone and their uncle makes a cameo in here... Will Ferrell and and Jeff Goldblum and you know John C. Riley and on and on and on and on. I mean, there's just there's like thirty cameos in here. It doesn't pump this thing up. This is just stupid. It's endlessly stupid. Um, they have a, oh they have a billion dollars to make a movie and they blow it all and and have nothing to show for it. Big freaking deal. This is like if Strange Brew were not a funny movie. It's horrible. I don't know why this exists. Much less I don't know why it's on Blu-ray. For crying out loud, these guys have just they're insane. Um, slightly more appealing is Flicka, Country Pride. Uh, this is for people that like country music television. It's got Clint Black and uh, Lisa Hartman Black. Gee, are they married? And uh, it's an attempt to take the whole My Friend Flicka thing and reintroduce it for a new audience. Uh, if you remember My Friend Flicka, that was an old movie with uh, Roddy McDowell as a kid. All about the love of a horse, and these 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 glowing horse movies show up every once in a while, and uh, you know the Black Stallion, and on and on and on, Seabiscuit, and this is fine. It's perfectly satisfying uh, family film. It's not going to offend anybody. It's not going to enthrall anybody. It's on DVD and on Blu-ray. Uh, nothing to wow anybody, but it's it's innocuous. And if you're just looking for something that won't scar your children for life, I suppose it's uh, it'll do the trick. Uh, Mother's Day. Good grief. I don't even know where to begin on this thing. Um, you know, this is this is a this movie just simply doesn't work in any way whatsoever. And um this is also from the uh the Saw team. Um and you know it's got a lot of the same problems that 111111 does, same director by the way. Um but 
it it shouldn't be a horror film. That's the problem. I had to talk about this on radio last week, uh, which means it was being released theatrically last week, and now it's coming out on Blu-ray just a week later. That tells you something. Basically, what they did was they wanted to do a, a home invasion movie that kind of uh, stole a lot of the elements from uh, the uh, from uh, the Mob Barker film with Shelley Winters, the uh, the Roger Corman film. Oh, uh, uh, Crazy Larry and... Uh, no, no, uh, no. Big, big Bad Mama. Big Bad Mama. Big Bad Mama from 1970. And so you have Rebecca de Bournay partly doing like a spinoff of her character from Hand That Rocks the Cradle, but then she veers into Shelley Winters every once in a while. And you know, she's got like this criminal brood, right? Her a daughter and, and these these criminal these three criminal sons. And they, there's this home invasion gone wrong and all these people in the basement. And it's an interesting, potentially psychologically involving story that should center on how you turn people against each other and it, you know that 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 claustrophobic friends turned enemies thing at what point do you you know how do you manipulate people in these kinds of dire situations but when the gore starts flowing it just the whole thing unravels it's terrible and Rebecca de Mornay, way too campy. She she gives it a good shot, but ultimately it's not a horror film, and it never should have been directed as a horror film. Speaking of uh, horror films, uh, we have a little uh, piece of junk here called Playback, which uh, for some reason stars Christian Slater. This is a uh, it's a it's a film about these uh, high school kids who decide to film a reenactment of uh, of a local murder in their town as part of a school project, and of course when they do that, an evil spirit is unleashed. <laughs> And uh, Christian Slater is amusing, uh, making boat payments as a cop who uh, <laughs> investigates what's going on. You know, there, there, there are just too many movies like this. You know, they're, they're, they know. all cost uh, $750,000, and they're all, all about found footage. That's like the whole thing, found oh, I'm footage. I'm so tired of the found and footage thing. it's just not happening. I, I didn't really like this at all. Uh, also, what I didn't like at all are, is... is um, uh, Underworld Awakening, the Kate Beckinsale film. This is uh, Kate Beckinsale. Now, you know, she was not in the... There have been about 75 of these Underworld movies. She was not in the Underworld... The third six, or fourth one? Yeah, she was not in Underworld 65 through <laughs> 74, but now she's returning for the 75th. Yeah. And uh, I don't like these films, although I'm a big fan of Kate Beckinsale. Uh, 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 you know, anything. Naked, wearing leather like she is in this movie. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, she's unbelievably gorgeous, but uh, I just don't like these films. I don't know why they get made because they probably do well internationally, because it's just a bunch of violence and a hot girl. Uh, but you know what? It's a good Blu-ray. There's a commentary. There's a blooper reel. Uh, there's five featurettes. There's a pre-visualization uh, featurette on there too. And um, you know, this is a Blu-ray 3D, by the way. So you got to grab your 3D glasses and your 3D TV. If you're going to watch this, which means nobody will watch it in 3D. Uh, Dirty Dancing. This is the Dirty Dancing collection. Now, this includes Dirty Dancing. This is on Blu-ray. This includes Dirty Dancing and Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Now, uh, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights was from 2004 when they tried to resurrect the, uh, they tried to resurrect the uh, franchise. And it did not work, even though it was, direct, it was uh, produced by Lawrence Bender. And it uh, had a decent cast, including John Slattery from uh, Mad Men. Uh, and January Jones, before she became like super famous, um, you know it's funny when they when they remake these films. It's like, and I feel the same thing, the same way about Fame and some of these other films or, or Footloose. It's like these. We saw these films like Dirty Dancing, Fame, Footloose when we were kids, yeah, right. And then we grew up, mm-hmm. and we became. 
development executives <laughs> who can now greenlight movies like remakes of Dirty Dancing, mm. remakes of Fame, and remakes of Footloose. And yet somehow, through that process, we, we, lose, we lose touch with whatever it was that made those films interesting to begin with. And then we wind up with a remake that is yeah. nothing but just soulless crap. Very true. And I don't get it. But anyway, if you like Dirty Dancing, uh, Dirty Dancing is already available on Blu-ray. So I don't yeah. know that you need this unless you like Havana Nights, which I do not think you should like. Because if you do like that, you have no taste. Uh, we've got a criterion here. And this is called a Hollis Frampton Odyssey. Now, this is not going to be your average run-of-the-mill criterion. Because Hollis Frampton is an avant-garde filmmaker. This more goes along with kind of the uh, the Stan Brackage release that Criterion uh, did. Uh, some years ago, which they put out on Blu-ray as well. Uh, more recently, this is uh, this includes 24 films that Hollis Frampton made between 1966 and 1979, and it's you know what it's the it's just the avant-garde era. It's just kind of weird eccentric stuff made by a weird eccentric guy at a time when you could do this and kind of get some attention for doing it. Now, in the age of YouTube, uh, really nobody pays attention to anything unless it's cats playing with a ball of yarn. Um, but the fact that this is all 16 millimeter and that it sort of has a place in uh, in that in in that era of film history when everything was getting much more indie again, as the studio systems disintegrating and we're starting to get you know the uh, the, 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 the the wild and crazy 70s going and a lot of the new the new uh, film brat generation. So I mean, there's some interesting stuff here. Um, there are selected commentaries from uh, Hollis Frampton on some of the films. Which are interesting, but normally it's not really my kind of thing. But it's a it's a Blu-ray. It's you know it's got a place certainly for people who uh, who are interested in that type of filmmaking. But again, this is much more marginal criterion. This is not like oh wow, film school in a box. Got to watch it. And then we also have as part of the 100th anniversary collector's series from Universal, which is going on and on and on and on for the rest of the year. Going to get a lot of stuff as part of that. Uh, everybody's ripping off the Warner Brothers Blu-ray book. Uh, approach where you take uh, something, put it in a digipack, uh, put some printed pages in it, and it's uh, you charge five dollars more. And they have done this now with uh, Pillow Talk, the wonderful Rock Hudson Doris Day film that I absolutely adore, and it is a great Blu-ray. It really, really does look good. It's it's colorful and pastel-y and uh, really captures all the the kitsch of that era, that whole groovy yet sort of chaste uh, romantic comedy that uh, it's like a step beyond the 30s and 40s. And I, I just think the Doris, the, the Doris Day Rock Hudson movies are just a whole lot of fun. I really enjoy them. A lot of great uh, bonus features here, mostly stuff that you've already seen and heard on the, uh, the previous DVD release, but that's okay. Uh, you know, the, go pick this one up. It's definitely a good upgrade, and uh, the Blu-ray book aspect to it, not really that big of a deal. This also includes the DVD, by the way, uh, which is no big deal, but uh, get it for the Blu-ray. It really is a very nicely done, uh, very nicely done. Yes, wait. Uh, shall, I, shall I talk now? Yeah, go ahead. Rock on. Thank- oh, speaking of rock on, uh, we got some music. Led Zeppelin, Days and Confused. Is and you DVD- just got back from Jazz Fest. I did. Oh, nice. It was so much fun. I saw, nice. the, I saw the Beach Boys. By the way, I saw the Beach Boys at Jazz Fest. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I see the Beach Boys at Jazz Fest. Yeah. And, um, and it, it, it's their 50th anniversary tour. Brian Wilson is there. And I'm telling you, Brian Wilson looks absolutely horrible. I know. You know, Brian Wilson is, yeah. he's basically mentally ill. I know. And he's been taking a lot of pills over the years, and he's just, he's just not right. He basically looks like young Frankenstein at this point. And so Brian Wilson comes out, and literally he has to be guided out by somebody 
and planted on the on his piano bench. Oh, that's so sad. And I was watching him play on the jumbotron because my seat mm-hmm. was pretty far away. And I realized something, which is that Brian Wilson is actually not playing the piano. You can tell. You can see on the jumbotron really? that his 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 fingers are barely touching the keys. You can't hear the piano in the mix. So he's just there for for the sake of having him there. But here's the thing. Yes. But here's the thing. He. I thought to myself, but he sounds good. When he's singing, he sounds good. Yeah. So I'm like, that's kind of weird. Then a few days later, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who has a friend yeah. who toured with the Beach Boys oh, in, boy. in, one, one, in one of their previous tours, maybe 10 years ago, whatever it was. And this friend of a friend says to me, you realize how they get Brian Wilson to sing. Brian Wilson is singing, but his microphone is potted down, and one of the band members who sounds just like Brian Wilson is the one actually doing the singing. Oh, my gosh. And this, this came from a friend of a friend who toured with the Beach Boys. That's unfortunate. Anyway, so yes, I was a jazz fest. All right, now, now that I've wasted five minutes on that, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Led Zeppelin, Days of Confused. This is a, a documentary uh, put out by Cinema Epoch uh, about, the, uh, about Led Zeppelin. I like this a lot. I think this is a good documentary. It's funny. There's not a lot of music in it. Which might seem like a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing since I, I've already heard the music. I get it. I know it. I love it. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear the band talk about how they came together and talk about John Bonham's death. And there's some fun stuff with Peter Grant talking about dealing with uh, dealing with promoters and whatnot. This is a good, this is a really good document. It's not definitive, but there's not a whole lot of documentary material on Led Zeppelin, so I'll take this. Uh, I think we did. Did we not talk about this last time? The uh. B-52s with the Wild Crowd in Athens, Georgia. Uh, this is a um, a February 2011 show done on uh, Valentine's Day. This includes all their classic hits, including uh, Sweet, including Love Shack and uh, Rock Lobster. Got like I, that. I love the B-52s. You I do. really do. I do. Uh, speaking of which, similar time, uh, cr- uh, Talking Heads Chronology is a terrific DVD where you get uh, the Talking Heads uh, performing Psycho Killer, Life During Wartime, Burning Down the House, lots of great stuff from Talking Head. I wish it was on Blu-ray, it's just on DVD. And this spans the years, by the way, two performances from 2002, 1980, 1975 from CBGB, which is great. You know, the, so it, Talking Head's chronology, good stuff. There's no one like David Byrne today, is there? We just don't have any more David Burns. That is true. Uh, Jeff Healy, um, Jeff Healy. Uh, live in Belgium. This was sh- uh, shot in July of 1993 at the Piers Blues Festival in Pier, Belgium. And this is great. Everyone loves Jeff Buckley. Uh, Jeff Buckley. Everyone loves Jeff Healy. As you know, he is, uh, he is blind, but he's an amazing guitarist. And you get all of his big hits there. Angel Eyes, Lost in Your Eyes, Evil and Here to Stay, The House of Love Built. Really good stuff from a great guitarist, Jeff Healy. Why did I say Jeff Buckley? Why did I say Jeff Buckley? Not sure why. Uh, from you were straight, thinking of William F. Buckley. Probably. Uh, from Straight to Bizarre, Zappa, Beefheart, Alice Cooper, and uh, L.A.'s Lunatic Fringe. This is a very interesting documentary uh, all about these crazy bands that came up in the 1960s and uh, mainly the late 1960s. Captain Beefheart, um, you know, uh, Frank Zappa, really great stuff that, ki- that, that came up on like Verve Records, Bizarre Ooh. and Straight Labels, you know, uh, the manager Herb Cohen who sort of saw what... Who saw the, these the acts? Theme, the theme to this is that, that music was better 20, 30 years ago. It was definitely stranger. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But there's a lot of great interviews in it, and uh, it's called From Straight to Bizarre Zappa, Beefheart, Alice Cooper, and LA's Lunatic Fringe. Great stuff if you like that era in uh, music history. 
Nicely Boy, did done. I talk my mouth off? Yeah, something like that. All right, that's it. We're done. Uh, go ahead and send us VoxBox uh, submissions or uh, emails at gods at digigods.com. Please join the Facebook page. We'll see you next week.